As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to episode 73, brought to you by Canvas People and Pvolve. For a free 11 by 14 canvas, just go to canvaspeople.com and enter the code LOVELY. And for 30 days of free workout streaming, go to pvolv.com slash lovely. That's pvolv.com slash lovely. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely, the podcast for real moms who are seeking Jesus, trying to live their roles well, and working to add a little bit more loveliness to their life, even in just the little moments. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppin Monroe from CultivatingTheLovely.com and Full Turquoise across all social media. And today I've got a really fun guest back with us, Jess Connolly. She's here for the second time and talking about her newest book that's actually a collection of devotions that I think you guys are going to be really interested in. But before we get there, I want to really quickly mention a couple of things. If you've been following me on social media at all, especially on Instagram, then you've seen stories about how we are gearing up for a brand new podcast that we are launching this fall called The Same Page. I am going to have lots more on that very, very soon. Katie Duckett and I are actually teaming together to do this podcast, and I'm super excited about it. We've been debuting a few little things across social media and at conferences that I've been speaking at, and so far it's had a very warm reception. I can't wait to get it out to you guys and be able to tell you more, but if you want the latest and greatest information, all throughout the month of August, we will be rolling out PDFs and extra stuff and good fun things that all pertain to this new podcast and they will be within the Patreon group. So make sure you head over to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely to be one of the first members to get in on all of the new fun stuff. Also, if you're in the midst of trying to get your homeschool year planned, maybe you don't have everything hashed out yet, then I would really encourage you to head over to the lovelyhomeschoolcourse.com where you can access my course that will help walk you every step of the way through getting your homeschool year completely ready and help you to have your best year yet. This course is for veteran and new homeschool mamas alike. I really believe there's something in there for every mom to be able to get on her game for her homeschool year and be completely organized before day one even hits. So if you're interested in that, maybe you want a little bit of help in that area, be sure to go to the lovelyhomeschoolcourse.com. Okay, let's jump into this interview with Jess Connolly. Welcome back, Jess. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you back because it's a project that's totally different than what we talked about last time and kind of hearkening back to your first book. So I'm super excited about that. 
But just in case people don't know who you are, would you like to introduce yourself and tell them where they can find you? Absolutely. I'm Jess Connolly, and I'm a mom of four, and my husband and I started a church in Charleston, South Carolina. So that's what our day-to-day life looks a lot like, but I'm also an author and a speaker, and so write books about God and women and how much he loves them and um, travel to teach women about the Bible. Yeah. And yeah, online, I'm Jess A. Connolly on all the things. (laughs) Perfect. That makes it easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I kind of shared with you a second ago, but I'm super excited about this book because I think it's kind of prime time for something like this to come out. And I know it's based on your first book, which is really important that there's a whole book written on it, I think. But I love this idea of devotion to kind of speak into our daily life on these topics. Do you want to just share a little bit about what made you and Haley decide to go forward with a devotional? Yeah, absolutely. So the first book that Haley Morgan and I wrote together was called Wild and Free. And it was a book about um, identity and purpose and freedom and all these things that women of God have access to. Um, And it was about being being wild, which we equate to um, just knowing that we were created good by God and how that, how that one piece of truth really massively transforms the way we live. And also knowing that we're free, that we're set free by the blood of Jesus from our past, our present and our future. Um, And we loved writing that book and we loved encouraging women to be wild and free. And the tagline of that book was, um, for the women who feel like they're too much and never enough. Mm -hmm. And women really resonated with that, with that message. Like, Oh, that's how I feel. I feel like I'm too much and never enough. And, um, thousands and thousands and thousands of women read that book and loved that message. But we found a lot of women really still wanted to kind of discount themselves from the capacity and the ability to be wild and free. And specifically they wanted to do it topically, like in different situations. Mm. So they'd say like, Oh, well that, yeah, wild and free is fine. Except for that. I, you know, I can't be wild and free because I have a ton of kids or like, that was yeah, one of my favorite chapter titles in the book. I just started laughing too. Yes. Cause literally that's what women would say. Like, yeah. Oh, must be nice. Like you can, you can, that's for you, but it's not for me. Or women who would say, like, I'm going through a hard season. I'm struggling with depression. Or um, so, like, I can't really be wild and free. Or um, how? Or they'd ask specifically, like, how do you be wild and free if you are struggling financially? Or when you always feel like you're a mess? Or when you actually seem like you are too much or not enough for the people around you? Kaylee and I really resonated with those questions because it was stuff that we had kind of been battling with. You know, mm-hmm. when you write a book, you don't want to – just blindly say things and and not have lived them out and not have walked them out and so sure. we said well, what would be so great is if we could write a devotional kind of topically addressing all of these concerns that women have and just give them like really practical passages of scripture to speak truth to themselves about it mm-hmm. um and so yeah that's how the devotion came to be Yeah, I really like the fact that it hits on all of those different ideas. You could go through it and just look for what it is you're currently struggling with or even yeah. even if you just go you know cover to the middle and flip it over <laughs> and then right, the next cover because right. it's a flip book which is fun too but even if you just like kind of go straight through it like that I feel like it kind of keeps you coming back to that same message every day that God 
does love you and it doesn't Mm -hmm. I don't think it's an like excusing sin in any way I don't want people to get that impression but I think it's more saying that he allows us to come as we are yeah. And I say that the message of the book is I, I often tell people that the, the like real core behind it is so what? Yeah. Um, and that's really what you're going to hear every day. Like, so you have a lot of kids. So what does that, I mean, really let's ask ourselves, does that mean he doesn't love you? Does that mean he can't use you? Let's say you've gone through a really hard season. Mm-hmm. So what we see people in the Bible who go through really hard seasons and he still loves them and uses them. Um, and just the power that we kind of hand ourselves to say, I'm not going to be defined by these topics and these situations and these scenarios that I find myself in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be defined by what God says about me. Yes, absolutely. I was just talking about that with Sally Clarkson yesterday and saying that like what I'm going through right now and what she's been going through with her eye injury and like, it could be anything like not letting it define you. Like this is just one piece of the story and a much bigger picture of what God has to do with my life. I think that's like you're saying, I mean, it's exactly what you're saying. It's, it's freeing to think that way. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I feel like this book comes at an interesting time when we've had like me too and, um, time's up, all of that has happened. And so I'm wondering if you think that Christian women versus just women in general kind of bear almost more of the struggles that you address in this book than the general population? I think that's a great question. I mean, I think the honest answer is that we do. Yeah. I think the full answer is we don't have to. Mm -hmm. Um, we have access to the word of God. We have access to truth. We have access to identity. And so I wish, and you know, in a best case scenario, I think, um, the women of God should be the most free, should be the most secure, should be the most bold, you know, Mm -hmm. um, should be the, the least fearful of men or I don't know, but, but I think that sadly, no, I think that Christian women tend to struggle with this a lot more. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that we've been, um, we've just been taught in a lot of different ways and we've bought a lot of different lies Mm -hmm. about hiding and about how hiding equals holy. We have bought a lot of lies about, um, weakness and meekness and, um, I don't, I don't know. I find that in this season, Christian women apologize more mm-hmm. for every single thing that they do and that they are more than, yeah, women, than women in the world tend to struggle. And, um, you know, my husband and I have been through a long journey just in our, in our life and in our personal, in our church about how we, you know, believe women should be loved and treated and honored and, valued and used. Um, and a big turning point for us was realizing that, um, we have a daughter and she is, you know, beautiful and bold and super gifted. And we just said, we don't want her to like have to leave the church to be able to use her gifts or use her Mm -hmm. skills or to be told that she has purpose. Um, we want her to hear those things amongst the people of God more than she ever hears it outside of the church, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, because I yeah. think there are there's both unique pressures on Christian women to yeah. have to be more than they feel like they can be, and yeah. and 
be closer to perfect, I think. Yeah. And then, but I also think exactly like what you're saying, that there's also this holding back, that you're not supposed to be these other things that you may feel called to or whatever. It, it, It does feel like we're kind of put more into a box and we have more of that mindset that can be debilitating at times. And I think it can make you feel like, well, if this isn't happening, if I'm not matching this picture, I think you even talk about kind of like being in a pageant at church in your book. If you don't match that picture, then like, well, how could I be loved by God? And it's like, even though we know it, we know the Bible says that he loves us. I think it's really hard to feel deep down, like have that, that feeling, not that everything's based on feelings, but you want to have that belief, like sure that you're just so sure of. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that is kind of a crisis in our Christian culture right now that I've seen much more clearly since all of the things falling apart with my marriage and all of that, stepping back and talking to other women are they're really experiencing many of the same things and having the same pressures and doubts about God's love for them, even though they know, they know it's not true, but it's hard to feel it. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think has like led to this crisis? (laughs) Like how do we get out of it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think, I think like this is a very Jesus-y answer, but I think it's like, you know, I think it's from the fall. I think it's generations old. I think it's from the enemy saying like, okay, women, this is what your struggle is going to be. And I don't think like our goal should be to like beat the curse of Satan. I think our goal should be to like, to want restoration for what God has for us. It's the whole idea of like, can we get back to Eden? Like, can we ever get back there? And I think that redeemed by the blood of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can experience these whiffs of like what right relationship is supposed to look like between men and women and women and God. Um, and so I, I think in some ways I am like really blessed by the crisis in some ways. I'm really thankful that it's coming to a head because I don't think like, you know, I don't think discrimination against women is new in any sense of the word. I think that what we're seeing now is like the, the nasty as it like comes to the surface. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do, I I, I also think it's like sadly going to be here for generations to come, you know? I just think hopefully as like a Christian community, we're, we're going to say like no more with us. Yeah. As far as it's concerned with us, like we will value women. Um, as far as it's concerned with us, we will value our neighbors, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, how we get out of it, I think is, I mean, I think number one, like massively encouraging women to go after their relationships with God. Yeah. Um, I think we can only fight people so long and we can only talk about the problem so long. And eventually yeah. like we have to know that vibrant, alive, bold, beautiful relationships with Jesus. Um, that's our birthright. That's our heritage. That's what we were made for. And we can't wait on men to like sanction that for us or encourage us to do that. And that's never what they were meant to do. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm the wife of a pastor and the lover of a pastor and a, the 
lover of a church and and I still know that it's not my pastor's job to usher me into the throne room of grace. That's my, yeah. that's my birthright. That's my, that's my ability every single day. And so I think as women take their place in the kingdom and they walk into really vibrant, beautiful relationships with God, I really do believe the fruit will just come. They'll learn to value themselves better. They'll, they'll value other women better. Um, they'll, they'll feel less fear and less um, dependency on men in an unhealthy way. And so, mm-hmm. um, that's my like number one attack plan is just, you know, take the place that I've been given with God. Um, and, and let, let the Holy spirit tell me all along the way what the steps are. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I actually just went to a wedding last night and, um, the man who was performing the wedding talked very specifically, like he talked to the husband and said, you know, your job, you love her so much, but your first job is to follow Jesus. And she comes after that because you'll love her better if you're following Jesus. But then he he turned to her and he said, but it's your job to follow Jesus first and then your husband. And even if he walks away from the faith, you have to stay faithful because it says in the Bible, like, when Jesus comes back, when the rapture happens, like two will be in a bed and one will be taken. That's and right. So he was like, no matter what, you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. You are still responsible to that. And I think that is so important that we, we not, not letting men off the hook or anything like that, right. but making sure that we are taking our own relationship with Jesus by the horns and really knowing that we've got to go and get in there and sometimes do the hard work of wrestling with him over issues that we're not comfortable with or we're frustrated with but but the key is coming back to him for the answers that's right Okay, ladies, here's a question. What do you do with all your photos? We all have a ton. I know that my phone is mostly full of photos from years back, things that I never even really see because they're just buried in my phone. But out of all of those photos, of course, we all have our favorites. I have one that I recently took of my son and daughter at a park that we were at, and my daughter is being totally goofy and ridiculous. My son just has this sweet, sweet smile on his face. Something that I would want to have not just buried in the archives of my phone. I want to be able to see this photo all the time because it's just so joyful. So for those favorite photos, you've got to check out Canvas People. Canvas People print your favorite photos on Canvas for really unique, beautiful prints. You probably remember back this winter, I actually got a big photo of our family done that I can't wait for us to put up in our new home someday. And all these little photos that just really spark that joy in my heart, like that one I mentioned of my daughter and son. I would love to get smaller ones of those to kind of put around the big one because creating a collage like that or even just having the one big photo of our family is really going to be able to act as very personal artwork in our new home. And with Canvas People, you get your favorite memories printed to cherish and beautiful prints that look great on any wall. I know you're going to love Canvas People as much as I do, and I have a special code that you can use to get an 11 by 14 Canvas People print for free. This is a $69.99 value, and all you do is pay shipping and handling. So to get your own 11 by 14 Canvas People print for free, just visit canvaspeople.com, upload your photo, and enter the code LOVELY. This is a special limited time offer for today's listeners. 
So go to canvaspeople.com today and use the code lovely to get your print for free. I think the point is like, we're not fighting men. Like we're fighting darkness. We're fighting evil. Um, We're fighting like a generation's old evil that, that wants to like trap women in. Mm -hmm. Um, But absolutely. My husband and I had this hilarious conversation last week. He, you know, he's a pastor. He's, he's my pastor, but I lead with him and I'm on his leadership team and, Last week he had made, um, you know, he had been talking about some things he wanted to shift in our church. And I really, really, really disagreed with him. Um, and I disagreed with him enough that I, I told him, like, I really don't think that's a good idea. And I, I told him in front of a handful of people. Um, and later on, we got in a little bit of an argument about it. And the next day he came back and he was like, hey, I just want to tell you that it means a lot to me that you love our church and that you love the kingdom enough to not have let me make that mistake. Um, and he said like, I don't, I don't, I think I could go into all the things of like, I didn't feel like you respected me or I didn't feel like you respected my leadership. And he was like, but you did, you did respect my leadership and you, and you respected my leadership enough to not let me make a huge mistake. And he was like, I just want to tell you, I like saw you love God in that moment. And it was Mm. so beautiful. Yeah. And I was encouraged and I was like, oh man, this is great. Life is is like so much easier when we don't fight each other. When we say like, Hey, we're kind of all out for for his good and, and women aren't the enemy and men aren't the enemy. Um, and, and for a lot of people they are. And so we, you know, it's not, everybody is fighting in that same way with us, but we can, we can only be responsible for ourselves and, um, and, and do it that way for ourselves. Yeah. I agree with you. And also, like you said, it's, I think sometimes these issues can be like, Oh, men have put this in this, put us in this place as women. Right. But we do it to each other. That's right. So that's right. much of the time. Yeah, and that's right. I think it's so important to have grace with each other on like all these kinds of issues that you're talking about in the book. Yeah. Because I think that women can sometimes get blamed for or get a bad rap for like their hormones and their emotions. And, and we like to think that, oh, it's just men who do that to us, but it's not. And we have to, the only way I think to change that rhythm in the culture is to be the people who start having grace with other women. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And with ourselves. Yeah. I mean, we make such an impact when we give ourselves grace and when we like take the break that God has given us. Um, I think you're right. I think another interesting thing is that when women do experience a little bit of freedom and maybe a little bit of like growth in this area, I find that they then villainize women who haven't experienced the same freedom yes. of growth. Yes. Um, and we can't do that. I mean, even every bit of freedom and every bit of like wokeness and awareness that we have is, is privilege. It's, yeah. we, we didn't earn it. God gave it to us. Someone, you know, let us see something or the God let us see something. Um, and so even if we meet women who seem to be more trapped or contained or struggling with identity or comparison to not even be like, oh, that weak little one, she hasn't figured it out yet. Or, but to say yeah. like, I'm cheering for her too. You know, I, yes. I'm going to, the best thing I can do is live my personal vibrant freedom based life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that will like rub off on her, but I also just honor and appreciate where she's at and where, what she's been exposed to so far. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that because I think, I mean, I think we see that in culture everywhere about everything. I mean, it's like the mommy wars that you see. I mean, yes. it, do- it doesn't even have to just be about faith. It can be about how you give birth or how you diaper your kids or how you, and I think 
to a certain extent, some of that just comes from maturity. And I mean, I know I definitely was way worse about that when I was an early 20s mom than I was a mid 30s mom, you know, right? I think some of that you just kind of get in your you get your tunnel vision of, well, I've found the right way. So why can't everyone else find it too? let me share it with you. But that can be really oppressive. And, and I think that sometimes we we create this vision of God can only work this one way. And we forget just how big he is and how, you know, it may not be ideal to us or it may not be what we had hoped for, but God can work in a lot of different scenarios. I mean, I'm looking this fall at putting my kids in school for the first time ever. Yeah. And that is daunting to me because we were so sure, you know, like this was the not just like the best path for our family, but the right path. And to have to kind of shed those scales from my eyes and say, you know what, God, you are bigger than where my kids go to school and you can work wherever that is. And you love them more than I do and you can protect them. And just having to really wrestle with God's bigness and his ability to work in any matter of ways has been really hard, but I think really good. And I'm so glad that I'm learning those lessons. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's so good. Yeah. It's, it's not fun. No, <laughs> but it's, it's necessary. And I think I've, I've just been able to have so much more grace to other women in these last eight months than I ever was mm-hmm. able to before, because I've had to be like, okay, I've, I had to redo everything in my life. Like every single facet of my life has changed and be able to come before God and just say, okay, well, <laughs> this isn't what we expected. You know, what, what are you going to do with this? And, and yeah. how are you going to change my mind on things? And so I think it's so important when he's able to open our eyes in that way. And so we can, help other women with whether they're feeling, you know, not enough Mm -hmm. or too much. Mm -hmm. I think it's really powerful when God does that for us. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So what was one of your favorite devotions that you wrote in this book? There's one, I'm not exactly even totally sure what it's called, but it's something about like when you feel like your life's a mess, when you feel like it's too messy. Mm -hmm. Um, That is one of my absolute favorites. And it's one of the weirdest passages of scripture in the whole book, but it's one of my absolute favorites and seeing if I can find it real quick. Cause it's so funny. Um, but it basically is a passage of scripture from Proverbs that says where oxen are many, like the stables will be very dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, some version based, some versions basically like specifically allude to like how dirty they'll be with excrement. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it is my favorite passage because it basically says like if you have a lot going on in your life there's going to be a lot of crap yeah um yes so it's it's called even when you're a mess that's what it is that's what the um the devotional is called um and I just feel like there's this heavy sense in our culture that everything needs to be like very tidy and very put together all the time um and instead I just this this one 
passage of scripture really helped me a few years ago to really understand like when I'm going after what God wants me to go after, it may not always be tidy. Mm-hmm. Um, and my floor may not be picked up. My floor may not be tidy, but also my heart may not be tidy. Um, as I'm doing ministry or as I'm loving people or as I'm raising children, um, that the, the, often the distractions are the ministry and the bumps along the way are like the best part. And so, um, that's one of my favorite ones. Mm -hmm. There's one, um, called even when you don't feel like you're beautiful that I really, really enjoyed writing because, um, I feel like people, a lot of women, um, obviously struggle with that. And I feel like we, we don't even really know how biblically to encourage each other with that. And so, Um, that one devotional kind of gives a fresh perspective on the idea of like, what if you don't feel beautiful and how can that be a part of your ministry and a part of your, um, a part of what God's given you to do. Hmm. Um, I also, there's one about for even when you don't feel like you're smart enough. Hmm. Um, and I find that that's one of these like last little insecurities that we don't feel free to talk about. Um, we don't want to, nobody ever really wants to admit that they don't feel smart. I find, and that's something that I think a lot of women really struggle with. And, um, and it almost makes us like get more defensive and it makes us kind of want to like puff ourselves up and puff our brains up um, yeah. rather than just kind of walking them in, in some humility, kind of like you were just talking about and saying like, I don't know, I'm, I'm making the best decision for what I've with what I've got right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, those are some of my favorites. Yeah. I think that smart one is so interesting because I think a lot of times in our culture, we even, even in simple ways, we we feel awkward to say like well I don't understand what you mean <laughs> like yeah like a lot of times if we're in a conversation and someone says something we'll just uh-huh like even though if we have no clue what they're talking about right right and I found even that through the divorce process I've been talking with lawyers and it's a whole different jargon <laughs> Like, I really will be sitting in there there in court and be like, what was just said? Like, I have no idea, but I have no choice but to say, hey, uh, tell me what that meant, (laughs) because I don't Mm -hmm. know. And sometimes I feel like you get kind of like that wide eyed response like, oh, someone actually said, like, I don't understand this. Tell tell me a different way. And it's like you don't people don't expect you to ask for clarification. They just figure in our culture, if you don't know, then you'll just pretend like you do. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's much healthier for everyone. If we can just humble ourselves and be willing then to also give the responses. Well, Oh, let me tell it to you this way. That is a funny one that I think is definitely in our culture. I think I've felt more in the past eight months than, than ever before. Cause there were things I couldn't just gloss over. Like I had to know the answer. Yes. Yeah. That's so I like that one too. That's a good one. So did you and Haley just like down the middle be like you take half, I'll take half or did you collaborate with each other on them or how did that writing process look like for you guys? Okay, ladies, I am not a workout girl. I do not enjoy going to the gym or using big equipment that can create bulky muscles or any of that kind of thing. I like something simple and straightforward that has a lot of stretching involved, that's low impact, and will just create nice, sculpted, defined, lean muscle. 
Well, that's exactly what I have found with Pevolve. Steven Pastorino is the founder who created a revolutionary prehab method that does all the things I just told you. It focuses on stretching and opening the hips and has hundreds of different moves that activate hard to reach muscles. Moreover, I've been getting to use their P-Ball, which is a revolutionary exercise ball unlike your average ball. It's a small ball that's held with elastic bands high between the thighs to activate hard to reach muscles in the core, glutes, and thighs for tone and definition. And believe me when I tell you, it is activating places I did not know that I could be exercising. Their exclusive workouts created for the P-Ball with the ability to stream them anytime, anywhere, but they also have so many workouts that don't require any equipment at all. Pevolve's streaming service offers a large library of videos, including structured workout plans and new videos updated weekly. Users can stream to sculpt, tone, and define anytime, anywhere from any device. And let's face it, us mamas who are busy running around with lots of kids, we need that flexibility and the ability to have something simple. They have all sorts of different programs, but a great way to get started is with their 30-day challenge, their six-day total body, or their three-day body burn that will really help you get a jump start on that body for summer, even though it's midway through the summer. To get 30 days free streaming, you just have to go to pvolve.com slash lovely. Again, if you go to pvolve.com slash lovely, you can get 30 days free to try it for yourself and see how it can make a difference for your life and your body. I hope that you give it a try and I would love to hear what you think. Um, it, it, yeah, it was less scientific than you'd think. We started a Google document where we just kind of wrote every topic that was on our hearts and kind of claimed the ones that felt most important to us. And then there were some that we'd both think of that we'd think like, oh, I, you really need to write that. Like Haley, I really want you to write that one. So I would like star her name by that one and say like, I want you to write this one. And then sometimes we'd find like, okay, we're saying the same things in both of these. And then some you'll find like some are kind of similar, but we just did different perspectives on them. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, sometimes a little bit of the topics do overlap. And so, um, but we said, you know what, we're wildly different women with really different personalities and people might need to hear two different, two different voices on this subject. And so, um, yeah, we just did it like that. It was actually just a really fun life-giving process to work on. It took us about a month and it was that's it. So that's wow. it. It was really fun. We, we start writing every day and want to write five or six every day. And so, um, we each wrote 50 and it was just really fun and enjoyable to work on. That's awesome. And since I didn't interview about your guys's first book together, how did you guys even come together to start writing as a team in the first place? Yeah, we're, we were mommy blogger friends. That is okay. really how we met. Yeah. And so we met online. We didn't live in the same city. Um, we literally met on Twitter, like in 2010. So just a million years ago. Yeah. Um, and feels like a million years yeah. ago. Definitely and, in the like blogosphere Twitter <laughs> land that feels yes, like a long time ago. The very different world, yeah. very different world. And so, um, we just were going through really similar seasons in life and we found ourselves really responding to our seasons differently. Um, we both were having our fourth babies. We both were like starting to do a little more ministry, um, privately, like publicly in our, not publicly, but privately in our local context and also Mm. online. And so we're coming up against a lot of the same fears and insecurities and struggles and, um, and started just encouraging each other with the phrase wild and free, like, Hey, go be wild and free today. Like if you're having to have a meeting with that pastor about that ministry, you want to start, 
be wild and free or, Mm. um, Hey, you're going to go speak at that women's ministry. Um, you know, go be wild and free. And then we started to say, why did we, why are we saying that? What do we mean? Yeah. (laughs) What do we we mean when we're saying that? And so as we pulled the string, we realized like, this is really biblical and, um, and we feel like other women might feel this way and want to talk through it. That's fun. So have you guys been able to have much face-to-face time together over the years? We have. We used to see each other a ton. Um, and then as we stopped kind of working together, we used to work together on the Influence Network and the Influence oh, Conference. Yeah. And yes, as that came to an end, we don't see each other as much anymore, but we still try to see each other pretty often. We just went out to L.A. Um, about two weeks ago to be on a TV show together, and that was so fun to That's like. fun. Yeah, go get together and talk talk about the Lord together. It was really good. That definitely takes book promotion to probably a very different place when you get to share it with somebody. Yes, absolutely, nice. absolutely. Yeah, because it really it, it's it can be grueling. it's hard. Yeah, alone. Yes, yeah. but it's really fun to do it as a pair for sure. That's fun. Like good excuses. Like oh well, we just have to see each other. I know. Bummer. Okay. We'll turn it into a girl's trip. Yeah. I might have to start writing books with my friends from far away. (laughs) It's a great idea to see them. It's a great idea. Then throw in the whole, like only having to write half the book and you are really golden. Yeah. It's really a dream. Did it feel like a very different process? I mean, you've written a book on your own and then these two with her. What Mm -hmm. do you think the biggest differences are for you? Oh man, it's so different. I mean, it's, I, it's not harder or easier either way. It has like drawbacks both ways, because when you're working on a book with someone, it's really important that you have, you know, cohesive feelings and thoughts and that you both agree about what you're saying. And sometimes you don't know what you're saying until you get into the book and write it, you know? Yeah, Yeah. Um, I always tell people on the very last day, the day we turn wild and free in Haley and I were still literally still saying like, can, are we on the same page? Like, do, are we, do we define this the same way? Do we have the same ideas? Um, but at the same time, it's so great to bounce ideas off with each other and collaborate and to encourage each other and to share the load. Um, and working alone is so nice because you really can just sit down and like, you know, get all your thoughts out and, kind of do it in a vacuum and find your way as you go. But it's also, you know, super lonely Yeah, um, can just feel, I mean, I find that writing a book can feel like one of the most lonely processes on earth. So, and for um, you, I mean, if I'm remembering correctly, I think you had women really involved in your writing process though. You really opened that up to people. I do. Yeah. I'm actually writing my next book right now and I am, um, sending the email today to invite just a handful of friends to be just kind of be on my team. I invite women to women in my life who kind of come from different backgrounds or live in different seasons um, to just pray with me as I write and then read what I'm writing as I write just to make sure I'm not crazy or I'm not saying crazy things. (laughs) I love that because I think that's a rare quality (laughs) that people would open themselves up to that sort of just transparency, but also accountability. I think that's yeah. just really admirable. So can you share what that book is about yet? Hmm. You know, I think I can. <laughs> I haven't I haven't shared it anywhere, but I I think it's like totally totally kosher to share. I think okay. it'll it'll it's been approved and everything by the publisher. Um 
so yeah, this will be the first time I share. I haven't, I actually have not talked about this anywhere online. I've, mm-hmm. I've hinted on my Instagram at what the book is going to be, but it's totally changed since then. So, um, okay. you are getting the like heavy sneak peeks. Yeah. It's um, like prime time for a podcaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next book is going to be called you're the girl for the job. Ooh. And it is, um, essentially a invitation to women to stop living inside the boundaries of their own perception of what they can do and start really stepping into what God has enabled them to do and will equip them to do. I love it. I love it. And I think it's that the perfect next step for what you guys have been writing about. I, yes, that's good. I think so. It's the like, it's the let's go. It's the, it's the action book for sure. So I pray it'll help a lot of women really take action and encourage their friends to just take action on, on right. A lot of this identity work that's already been happening. Yes. Oh, that's so good. I can't wait to read it. Very fun. When's it supposed to come out? Next fall. So I think next October. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So not, not this October, not 2018. Not 2018. It'll be like October, 2019. Okay. It's a yeah. long process. We must really be catching you in the beginning. Process. Yes. It takes about a year from the time you're done writing for it to come out. Wow. And so yeah. are so you are you just you're just starting the writing process. I right am now. just on the cusp. Yeah, I'm like one chapter in. Okay. That's so fun. Okay. I can't yeah. wait to read it. I'll just yeah, have to thank wait a year. <laughs> <laughs> just a year no yeah. big deal no big deal and that's yeah. okay because I'm being swamped with everyone's books that are coming out this fall <laughs> so real like, that's oh right oh my goodness yeah I got a lot that's of reading right. to do I think I finished yeah. three books over the weekend just trying to wow get my feet under me for the podcast <laughs> yeah yeah okay real. so Jess how are you currently cultivating loveliness in your life hmm You know, I am learning a lot about being spontaneous and that has really been like a new sweet space of loveliness in my life. I've been learning a lot about how, um, I'm a very rhythmic scheduled structured gal and Mm -hmm. I've been, um, just finding a lot of joy and freedom in, in, in throwing that to the wind and being a little more expectant about what's going to come every day. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that's like a real place of, of loveliness and beauty and joy for me right now. That's fun. That's, that's a good one to to kind of break out of your normal mold for mine. I'm kind of trying to break out of my normal mold too, because I know that going into this next year, I'm going to have a lot earlier mornings and I really Mm. want to make the best use of them, especially since I'm sending my kids off to school and I want to be, be able to be present with them and not frazzled in the mornings. And so I'm just really trying to work on the morning routine just for myself, like getting up earlier to be able to center myself on Jesus and like really kind of pull myself together so that I can be as present as possible for them. And that's a struggle for me because I do not like mornings. (laughs) So I figured I better start early before this year really gets off the ground or it's, I'm going to crash and burn. (laughs) So yeah. yeah. So that's how I'm currently. So good. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Jess. It was really fun to get to talk to you again. I love this new book. If people want to find links to it, they can look in our show notes. 
And yeah, I hope people are really blessed by it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. We'll talk again when your new book comes out. All right. Sounds okay. good. All right. guys were blessed by that little chat that I had with Jess. Be sure to check out our show notes at boldturquoise.com forward slash 073 to get any links that we mentioned or find Jess's new book. As always, thank you to those of you who are leaving ratings and reviews in iTunes. It makes a big difference, especially in the middle of the summer when people have a lot of distractions going on in their lives. It just helps iTunes to realize, hey, people are still listening to this show and we greatly appreciate it. We're going to take a short little break for a week or two while we gear up for the new season and things that are coming this fall. But don't worry, we have so much more coming back in August, including the launch of that brand new podcast I've been telling you guys about and teasing you guys about. If you want the latest information on that, again, be sure to go over to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely and be following me on Instagram because I've got a lot of fun things that I'm constantly talking about over there and you get a little bit of a more of a sneak peek into my life. So you can head over to Instagram and find me at Bold Turquoise. Okay, ladies, it's been a really fun episode. I can't wait to talk with you again in August. Until then, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.